0: Yo, what up though, welcome, how y'all feeling, to IGP Quick Takes, inspire guys, people, I'ma just give y'all a little something real quick, like, you We've know, been here for a minute, man, it's kinda like a freestyle, but in the form A'ight. of a podcast, yes. uh, yeah, turn me up, uh, it's gonna be good, I ain't really got time for this, what's up people, I am your host, Jay Will, and I would like to welcome you. To inspire guys, people to podcast where we balance faith and business to guide you to your purpose. This is a quick take, people. Come on! Woo! Guys, people, how y'all feeling out there today, man? I'm feeling real good. I'm excited to kick it with y'all today. I've been so busy lately. It's been so crazy. My schedule has been crazy. I had some stressful days. I'ma just keep it all the way 100 with y'all. Like, I done had some stressful days in the last couple weeks. So, um, today though, it's like, I feel a lot better. Um, You know, it's been a lot going on in my corporate um job Just as it relates to right now I'm hiring for a position So we've been interviewing Had a bunch of interviews Got a bunch more interviews to go And uh, just amongst some other things That I can't really get into That's corporate world talk You know what I'm saying? That's confidentiality It ain't none of your business Anyway, a lot going on there Keep me in your prayers You know what I'm saying? Just looking to continue to move forward in business continue to learn continue to be better um I feel good my team we had a good year this year um definitely hit our plan um you know I feel good about the success that we had we signed a lot of nice um new business partnerships some um that haven't even been been announced yet so I'm excited about the the big uh business partnerships that we've been signing and just to, you know, to continue to do what I do in corporate America and grow. So thank God for that. But it keeps me busy. It keeps me real busy. Um, there are like days that I'm like, I mean, I literally I'm working all day. You know, and it's like, especially working from home, you know, let's just be honest. These organizations and corporations, they're getting the most out of people because you at work when you wake up and then it just makes it easier to be invasive into people's lives. So, um, That is what it is, though. That's part of life. Thank God um, to have a job. Uh, Today, a couple things I want to say before we get into today's topic. I'm going to be talking about cryptocurrency for regular people today. And I'm specifically using the term regular people because I don't want to call y'all dummies. But, you know, when you think about, you know, such and such for dummies, how they got the books or whatever, um, this is that for regular people. Y'all regular people. Y'all not dummies. Uh, which just means that I want to talk about cryptocurrency um in a way that is not super complicated it's not all techy so if you're a tech person or a developer or you're an expert in cryptocurrency you're probably gonna you know not like this approach because this approach is to simplify things that are very complicated right so it also means that I'm not gonna get into every single detail um, as it relates to crypto, because it is, it could be a lot. I've been um, really deeply studying it for about six months, I guess you could say now a little over six months and I I study a lot. Um, So I have a pretty good understanding of crypto. I would say this, even though I study um, a lot, I'm in the fifth grade, That's, that's my personal, the way I grade myself, I'm in the fifth grade ready to graduate elementary and I say that because Crypto is one of those things that the more you learn, the more you realize you don't know because it is still happening. It's still developing in real time and it's evolving. So it's tough outside of the, you know, some of the smartest people in the world who get into those spaces. And I'm, you know, I'm no tech person. Um, You know, I'm I'm just a regular guy. So I'm regular like you regular. We're going to talk about it in a regular way. So we're going to talk about crypto before I get to that. Uh, a couple things. things. Um, thank you to everybody who was a part of the text family, Inspire Guys People text family. Um, that has been a growing community and I appreciate everyone. But I do want to um, let y'all know, I am thinking that I'm going to pivot away from the text family. And I'm going to tell you exactly why. So it's like, you know, you understand. Um, I'm the type of person when I try something, everything doesn't always work, but it doesn't mean it's a failure. What do I mean? Um, With the Tex family, like, y'all have been signing up, which is super dope. Like, I'm very happy with the amount of people that are signed up. So that's not an issue. Um, But as y'all know, I'm not consistent enough with producing videos um, and content. So I do want to get better at that. But I was kind of looking at um, the pricing for, like, some video content. And the monthly price is basically the same exact amount as the text family. So I'm kind of looking at it like this. All right, well, if y'all signed up for the text and I'm really trying to get better at producing videos to share with the text family, can't y'all just subscribe to my YouTube channel? Like, (laughs) can y'all just do that for me? And y'all know, I'm just being real. I've never been good at YouTube. I've been good at a lot of things with marketing. YouTube is not one of my strong points. I think a lot of it is just because I'm not really a person that prefers to be in front of a camera making videos all the time. So I'm trying to balance that, like being a private, more reserved person, but also wanting to create content. And that's just something I got to get over and deal with. Um, but with that said, I also don't want to invest in both. Like I want to invest in enhancing some of my video uh, co- creation software so that I can share videos easier, uh, which will probably, I can talk, probably mean I will share them more consistently. So. If you're feeling that, just subscribe to Inspire Guys People YouTube channel. The same way y'all been uh subscribing to um the Text family. And I know the one difference is that the Text thing was that it was exclusive and it was just for you. But just look at it like this. I don't have a lot of YouTube subscribers anyway, so you know, it's still exclusive. It's just me and you. <laughs> it's just it's just me, you and my mama. That's it. Um So, yeah, subscribe to Inspire Guys People YouTube channel. I do have two YouTube channels. The other one is J Will Music if you want to listen to my music. But that's not the one I'm interested in growing right now. I really want to focus on Inspire Guys People. So, if you can, just search Inspire Guys People on YouTube. Subscribe to the channel. You know, please help me out there so you can stay in touch. And I'm probably going to discontinue the text, family, but I will send out a text to let y'all know Again, all because, not because, like, y'all did y'all part. Y'all subscribed. I think it's a dope situation. But, you know, I like to manage finances a certain way. Like, the text thing or the videos don't necessarily produce revenue. So, it's like, I don't want to spend too much money on non-revenue producing items. So, and those are, like, monthly investments. You know what I'm saying? There's a monthly fee to have the text family. There's a monthly fee to be on a video platform. So, um, just want to better allocate the funds. So hopefully that makes sense. But thank you for everybody who rocked with me there. And I think, are we ready to jump? I, I guess I'm going to just jump right into the crypto um, conversation because this is a quick take. So no reason to waste a lot of time. All right, let's do it. Uh, where do I want to start? First things first, um, for those of you who listened to episode 143, which was Welcome to the Metaverse, Which is why I'm doing this episode, because there was much more feedback to that episode than I expected. Um, A lot of people want to know about these spaces. And I guess, um, you know, as believers, you probably find value in hearing about it from another Christian. Um, So I'm going to say something I said in that episode. That was 143. Welcome to the metaverse. So if you haven't listened to that one, please check that out after you listen to this. But I will say this. Education. Is more powerful than fear. That's what I live by. So I'm just sharing that with you. A lot of times when things are new, you know, we get scared of them. And I don't like fear. I'm gonna tell you why. Number one, the Bible says God didn't give us the spirit of fear. So I don't like fear because it didn't come from God. And I also don't like fear because it causes people to act irrationally, you know, or at extreme levels. Whenever you're afraid, you're extreme. You know what I'm saying? Like if you scared of a pit bull and a pit bull is in the room, you like, ah, ooh, ee, ah, it's like you extreme. You're out of control. Don't mean you shouldn't be scared or it ain't nothing to be scared of. It just means when you're fearful, you act out of control. Okay. So I believe education is more powerful than fear. I'm saying that in relation to this topic, because as you start talking about like the digital revolution of the world and things like that, there are a lot of things like, shoot, I've been hearing about my whole life, you know, like. A lot of things like end times type things in your mind can go there. I'm not here to say that that's the case or not. I'm not an end times expert. Um, I just read the Bible and I pray and I trust God. Uh, So not here to debate that or like get into that. Like I'm not buying or selling. Um, I'm also, this ain't financial advice. So I'm not here to tell you like, yo, go invest in crypto or go like, you know, I'm not like telling you to get all in or something like that. This is informational. That's what this is information and maybe some opinion uh, laced into it, but it's just for you to get an introduction of what cryptocurrency is. I know you've probably heard about it to some regard and it probably sounds too complicated for uh, regular people, you know, not dummies, regular people. It's too complicated. So what I'm here to do today is to give you just a quick overview and introduction. Now, understand I'm going to have to do multiple podcasts and quick takes about crypto. I've already had a request to talk about NFTs. So I'll probably do an entire quick take around NFTs. And if you're interested in this content, share it, listen to it. And if not, I understand these are a little offbeat from the normal episodes that we do. So if this ain't your thing, I'm not mad at you. But I will say this before you go and just cut me off like that. It's not what you want to know, but it's what you need to know. All right. Here's the other thing I want to say. Um, and again, it's speaking on the fear thing somewhat, too, especially as Christians. When we don't like something and like we see where it's going, we like, nope, don't like it End of the world. I'm done with it. Listen, again, I'm not here to argue that or debate it or say you right or wrong. But I do like to think about things in a more. Um, how can you say I don't want to say sober But I I don't like to be in an elevated emotional state when I'm thinking about things. So I like to step back and really take a deep breath and say, okay, this is the world I live in. I didn't choose to be alive during this time and all of that, but this is where God has me. So let me take a step back and really try to look at these things as much as I can through a biblical lens um, and through a very um, just like thoughtful and wise place, God willing. All right. So for me, part of the thought is like, all right, I know that people are afraid of things based on where they can end up and based on like the obvious of where you might know is going. Right. But as I debated or not debated, I made a statement or you could say I argued, I guess. I made my position known that I think sometimes we get so fearful of the unknown, but we're not paying attention to what we're doing today. It's like sometimes we scared of stuff and it's like, well, you already doing it like you already do that. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? So are you really scared of it or not? All right. Anyway, we'll talk about some of that. First, I want to talk about the word of God. Like so this idea about crypto or any creation for that standpoint, like a lot of times I think we act like the creation is the sin Or that, like, the creation is what's evil. I'm not saying it's not. But what I am saying is that that's just like a, um, I'll give you this example. Like, um, a false god is not real. So, you know, you might have someone that prays to a candle. Like, and we treat the candle like, woo, But it's like, a false god ain't real. It has no power. So, you know, really the thing you're afraid of is nothing. Like, it, it's a candle, bro. <laughs> and I'm not trying to be funny, but they're like, you can find references to those type of things in the Bible as it talks about false gods. And like, it's like, they're not real. If they're false, they have no power. We treat them like they have power. All right. That's a whole nother topic. I don't want to get into that. But the other thing I do want to get into is this idea of like, if something, if something can be bad, should it not be created? Um. Let's think about that from a biblical standpoint. First, God created us. Are there evil people in the world? Yes, there are. There are definitely evil people in the world. Uh, There are definitely, you know, we have sin in us. Sin is in our hearts. Um, There are evil people all throughout scripture. There are kings that God literally, like, it's, they're identified in the Bible as evil. Um, So God created them. Should God not have created them because they had the capability to be evil? No, or we wouldn't be here. However, I mean, hey, there's consequences to everything. Like you think about the flood, like God was grieved because Noah was the only righteous man. God was grieved at his own creation. So this idea of like looking at the fact that something can be bad and then like jumping to the conclusion that, well, because it can be bad, then it shouldn't exist. I don't know, in this case, if that is something that we should, a conclusion we should jump to. Now, again, keep in mind with this stuff, I'm not buying or selling. I'm not trying to convince you of anything. I'm trying to provide information and maybe a, a little bit of a way that you can start to think about cryptocurrency as a Christian. But at the same time, look, do your own research and your own due diligence. Read the word for yourself. Pray. Seek the Lord for direction, because I'm not acting like I have all the direction in the world. Again, like I started off, these things are complex. And sometimes there are complex things that exist in the world. And I'm not the kind of person that tries to act like everything is just black and white when it's not always black and white. Sometimes I have to struggle through, Through I can talk. I have to struggle through how I think about something. And sometimes it takes time for me to work through my thoughts and like, what I really believe about something. But this is the way that I try to think about those things. Now, because cryptocurrency is something that's happening in real time, I think it is important to have these discussions now and not wait for me to go five years or three years and really figure out like, okay, this is how I feel about it. So that's why I'm having this conversation with you now. Again, not buying or selling, not telling you what to do, but trying to share some information. Here's the last part of the Bible that I want to discuss before we jump into crypto. Um, So I talked to you about like God creating us. Right. But it was something else that came to mind. I was looking in the word. Genesis chapter nine. Let's go. Genesis nine. I'm reading from the New Living Translation. That's the NLT on your Bible app. Um, Genesis nine and twelve. It says this. Then God said, I'm giving you a sign of my covenant with you. And with all living creatures for all generations to come. Like that's for all generations to come mean like even right now, this was God's covenant that he gave. Back in Genesis, verse 13, I have placed my rainbow in the clouds. It is the sign of my covenant with you and with all the earth. 14, when I send clouds over the earth, the rainbow will appear in the clouds and I will remember my covenant with you and with all living creatures. Never again will the flood waters destroy all life. 16. When I see the rainbow in the clouds, I will remember the eternal covenant between God and every living, living creature on earth. 17. Then God said to Noah, yes, this rainbow is the sign of the covenant I'm confirming with all the creatures on earth. All right. So the rainbow was God's creation to be a covenant. You know, with all people on earth. And God said the rainbow was a reminder to him. So that's like dope to me. Like God created the rainbow and, and he wanted to even like remind himself. Like every time you see this, remember your covenant with all living creatures for all generations. What is your point here, Jermaine? What are you talking about, buddy? My point here is this, people. It's pretty simple. God created the rainbow for a certain purpose. And we know that that's not what the rainbow—well, it still represents that to the true believer today. But we know that people have taken the rainbow and created an entire movement and made it mean something that is actually not even in alignment with God's Word. So, man, because we have these capabilities to take things and, and use them for our own pleasure, men and women took God's covenant and branded it. And made it mean something else to the point that if a person walks around with a rainbow shirt on right now and nobody mind goes to this is God's covenant. Everybody mind goes to pride. Right. So what is my point with saying it? My point is simply should God have not created the rainbow because he knew that men would take it to mean something else? No, he still created the rainbow. He still has a covenant. So. Ladies and gentlemen, let's talk about cryptocurrency for regular people, and I'm going to give you an overview today. Not here to talk about, you know, we may discuss some of what it could lead to and things like that, but the goal is really to talk about what it is and what it was created for. All right, so where do I want to start? Like I said, this is a tough topic to cover because it's just a lot of information, and so here's, here's a couple of things i like to start off and talk about. Uh, number one, um, look at today's financial system. When we look at today's financial system and money, like so let's take the U.S. dollar, for instance, for those of us in the U.S. And I know by the grace of God, man, we got listeners all around the world. Shout out to the listeners in Canada, in Sweden, in Australia, Austria. Um, much love to y'all and the other countries I can't think of off the top of my head. I apologize. But those are the countries that listen every single week. So thank you. When you think about today's money, fiat money, fiat currency is which your government has distributed. So the U.S. dollar is fiat currency and that currency basically only has value because they said it does. All right. So that's the first thing you got to think about in today's system. It's not no longer backed by gold. U.S. currency used to be backed by gold. Don't quote me on this. I think up until the 70s, it was backed by gold. But right now, it's literally just paper with nothing back. Like, it's not, there's nothing, like, nothing. It's just paper. And it's like, hey, that's worth $20 because the U.S. government said it's worth $20. That's how things work today. Well, um, oh, the second part about today's financial system is we have central banks, right? So central banks um, think, you know, Comerica or um, Chase Bank. These are centralized banks where there's a CEO. Someone owns it. One of the things about the banking system, not just the bank, but the system is centralized uh, today. And what does that mean? Um, That means that when you go to your bank. And you provide liquidity by, you know, putting money in your bank. So let's say you put $5,000 in your bank, right? You've provided that bank with liquidity of $5,000. That bank on the other side takes your $5,000 and does things with it. So they can lend it out, right? Um, So let's just take lending. They're going to turn around and lend that out for, let's say, they're doing a car loan for 8%, right? So, they're lending out that same $5,000, but they're charging someone 8% in order to leverage the liquidity that you have provided the bank. All right, cool. Here's the problem that $5,000 worth of liquidity that you are sitting in that bank for a year is going to get something like 0.0001. Like, you literally might get a nickel after a whole year. You made a nickel. They made eight percent. You get what I'm saying? Which you know what is that? I said five thousand dollars. So what? Ten um, percent would be five hundred minus a hundred. They made four hundred dollars. So they made four hundred dollars off of your money and gave you a nickel. That is the centralized banking system. What it ultimately means is that there is a central authority or uh, business that is really kind of running everything. And you as the consumer, even though it's your money, you have no power or control over it, okay? The last part of it, and this is an important part, is the ledger. When you think about a bank ledger, that's just think about your bank statement, right? So you go to the bank and, you know, all of your tra- transactions are on the ledger. So let's say if I go to the store, I go to um, Nike, I love buying Nike, I buy, I got on Adidas jacket right now though. I like Adidas too. I like Nike and Adidas. So let's say I go to Nike. I probably buy more Nike. I go to Nike and I swipe my card. I can talk. Swipe my card. I buy something. There's a fee, right? Visa, MasterCard. They charge me a fee. Um, But what they do is they communicate with the bank and the bank tells them how much money I have. If I bought something for $100, then the bank is the one that confirms he actually has $100. Now, long story short, again, this is crypto for regular people, so I gotta move past this part. But what I'm trying to say is that that ledger is really just the proof that you have the money, but the problem is the bank is the only one that can see it. So, if the bank is hacked, someone can hack the bank, all they gotta do is change one ledger and everything changes. So, it's not as secure, All right, That's today's banking system. What have we talked about? We talked about um, fiat currency that only has value because the government said it did. Secondly, we talked about this centralized banking system where the people themselves don't necessarily benefit from it. And then we talked about the ledger, which is really one source of security through the bank, which is why you see hacks all the time. All right, cool. That's today. Now let's think about finance of tomorrow. What Will change today versus tomorrow. The first thing is the government's role. So what I could tell you is, like you know, the government didn't create cryptocurrency, so it and it doesn't have value because they said it has value. It actually has value because people said it has value, and we'll talk about how it's created in a second. But the government, so the government's role today in cryptocurrency is a lot different than traditional fiat currency. Now. Because the government is the government, please believe me. I just watched the, um, is it the SEC? Why, why am I? I'm not, the acronym isn't coming to mind or whatever. But, um, I watched the, whatever, a, what a, what a, I can talk, I can talk, I can talk. I think it was their Congress, Congress, um, meeting or what, whatever. I whatever. I watched the meeting with the head of the SEC. Um, what is it? Gary Gensler. Is that his name? If I'm remembering Right. But I watched them talk about how the government may or may not regulate it. You'll see you'll hear stories all the time. China banned, India banned or whatever. Like they'll go back and forth about banning it or whatever their regulations are, because please believe this. Governments are not getting their piece of the pie yet, and they will get their piece of the pie. They're going to get their piece of the pie. So you can think of it this way in the in the system of tomorrow, regardless. The government is going to find a way there. I mean, you got to pay taxes already if you into it, pay taxes, but they're going to get their taxes. But they're going to regulate because, again, like, again, evil men in the world like they're that's just how people are. They're going to get they cut. Right. So that's the first thing Um, I will say that the thing about governmental regulation in crypto, that is uh, it's an unknown to some extent. Different governments are taking different approaches. And we're living this in real time. That's why I said this is crypto for regular people, not your deepest expert that know they follow every SEC hearing and and they know everything like, OK, I'm not I'm not talking about you. Um, this is for the everyday people that just need to know there's a lot of unknown around government regulation and crypto. So more to come there. Secondly, as we talk about, you know, the centralized piece. A huge part of crypto is that it's decentralized, right? So there are centralized factors. And again, I don't want to complicate stuff, so we're not going to go down every rabbit hole. But ultimately, this idea of decentralization is a big part of cryptocurrency. Let me tell you a part of how that's valuable. When you, what cryptocurrency allows in the financial system, it allows the everyday person, Because, again, decentralized means no one person owns it, right? That, again, when someone owns something, there's an increased chance for corruption because it's owned by one person. One person has power. People are evil. So when one person owns something, it has a better chance to go in a bad direction. Also, you can manipulate it easier because all you got to do is bribe that person or, you know, do something to that person. And that can, you know, or the hey, the CEO of this bank is cool with this popular politician. So they could, they could change all these little things. So there's a lot of corruption that happens in today's centralized system that, you know, there's security measures when you break that up and allow other people to have a say in the system. With that say also means that other people can benefit more financially off the system. What do I mean? Remember, we talked about something as simple as like the bank and the lending and the borrowing and the percentages that you can get. Well, there are your lending and borrowing um, platforms and crypto, and they pay a lot more and lending is a lot less. So if you want to borrow money and use your crypto for collateral, then the interest rate is a lot less than borrowing from a bank. But if you provide liquidity and, you know, put your money up to be leveraged um, within the overall platform or system then you actually gain more interest for your money. So what does that mean? It means that less money going to necessarily the one person or the centra, centra, a centralized authority, and more money spread out to people every day. Now, that doesn't mean people ain't, listen, the people in charge are always going to make money. Um, entrepreneurs, business people, the thought leaders, all, the money's always going to flow to them. But my point ultimately is that when you decentralize the financial system, there's a lot more money and finances to go around to regular people. I'll give you this last example there. Right now, if Visa processes a transaction, uh, you don't make any money. Somebody's making money because there's a credit card fee. When you use your card, what do they say? 2%, 3%, whatever it is. Um, people tell you all the time, hey, you know, you could do cash or check, but if you use a card, we got to charge you this. Why? Cause someone's charging them. Well, what happens when you decentralize those things is I could literally right now. As a regular human being, like set up computers and like mine Bitcoin and or like I can literally like make money as a part of the transactions. So again, not to get into like yield farming and staking and all these terms, but ultimately look at it like this. What if you could set up a computer, 10 computers in your basement and Visa paid you every time someone else use the transaction on the visa system, right? So imagine that if the people could make money in all the ways that the banks typically make money. Now, again, all of these things aren't necessarily easy. Everything takes some level of effort, learning or research, but the opportunity is there within a decentralized financial system. All right. So we covered that. Then the last part, there when I compare yesterday versus today or today versus tomorrow, sorry, um, is the ledger. So when you think about a bank ledger, this is what a blockchain is. So let me say it to you this way to explain the blockchain and the technology and why cryptocurrency really is what it is and why it's becoming what it's becoming. Well, well, Bitcoin was created, is it like quasi-anonymously or pseudo-anonymous? I don't know the right word, um, by Satoshi Nakamoto. Um, Satoshi created Bitcoin. No one knows who that is. There are people that claim to be Satoshi. Remember, I said I'm not an expert, so I don't know. I don't get into that debate or that argument. I just know that it's not for sure. Nobody knows for sure, for sure. There's actually a guy on trial right now. Is he in Miami on trial? I think there's a, a, um, a big trial going on right now with a guy who claims to be Satoshi. Um he claimed to have been Satoshi and had a, a partner that they created Bitcoin. That partner passed away, and his family is suing my man for the um number of Bitcoin like that's half of what Satoshi claims to um or what this guy claiming to be Satoshi um, has. So, anyway, Bitcoin was created, it was mined, and then Um, As you know how when you create something and because you create something, it actually creates something else Um, I'm trying to think of a good example and nothing is necessarily coming to mind for me But it's almost like, you know, Bitcoin was created and they realize and discover, oh This is a new technology by way of Bitcoin and that was blockchain and what do I mean? Again, this is a uh, for regular people, so I can't get into the depths. And I'm gonna be real. This part, it's like the more I try to explain it, then the more co- I confuse myself. So I'm not gonna go deep into that part. You ever had something like that? It's so complex. You understand it in your mind, but you like, I don't know how to explain this. So I'm not gonna go too deep in that into the, how it was created from that standpoint. But what I will tell you is that this blockchain technology. Um is a public ledger it's public and it's immutable, meaning it can't be changed. it's in a cryptic uh language and um there it's where multiple blocks kind of confirm the transaction so I know that's I know that's confusing. trust me, but this is a very important aspect of it. maybe if this is your first time hearing it you won't get it right now, but ultimately that ledger that bank statement. Imagine if we had multiple blocks confirming a bank statement instead of just Chase Bank or Comerica Bank. Now, if you let's say if you had a hundred thousand dollars in an account and someone wanted to hack it now because it was all of these multiple blocks, blockchain, a chain of blocks confirming a transaction and serving as a ledger. In order to change one block, in order to change one, you have to change them all. So let's say a 1,000 blocks confirm this one transaction. Now it's it's an increased security because it's like, whoa, I can't. So I can't just go change that one thing without changing everything. All right. We're going to leave that there because I'm just telling you, the more I talk about it, I confuse myself. All right. So those were the first two sections, today versus tomorrow, just talking about the financial systems and giving you at least a brief overview of how this thing came to pass in the first place. Ultimately, Bitcoin is created and um, begins to have value really simply because people said it had value. It would be no different than if me and you decided that, hey, instead of money, we're going to start using Apple computers with each other. So if you want something from me, bring me an Apple computer and I'll tell you how much that's worth to me. We'll agree on how much it's worth and we'll trade. And I'll say, hey, you can have, you know, this five hundred dollar jacket for that Apple computer and you will we'll agree that that Apple computer is worth five hundred dollars and, and change. Right. So that's the power of like, again, remember, our current fiat currency only has value because the government said it has value. But people can say something have value, too. If we both agree that it has value and we exchange it for something, then it has value. It has the value that you say it has, ultimately. Now, here's probably, you know, th- this, this is what I would say n- would really help you when you think about this cryptocurrency for regular people. Because it's called cryptocurrency. But here's the thing about it. Crypto is more than currency. And this is where it gets kind of crazy. Most people know about it as currency. You've either heard of Bitcoin, maybe Ethereum. You probably have definitely heard of Dogecoin and Shiba, which are meme coins, and we'll talk about those. But ultimately, crypto is more than currency. All right. Why? How? What? So Bitcoin came, and then Ethereum came. And what happened with Ethereum was that Ethereum is a what is called a layer one system. So it's not just a currency, it's a system. Now, here's the way I want you to think about it. Think about the internet, right? The internet, you know, a website is built with all this coding, with all these security measures. So let's say, and again, I'm no tech guru, so I might misphrase a word. Hopefully it just makes sense, or a term. But I think everyone has seen when they log into a website, you've at least heard of, two things you probably heard of one of these, at least HTTPS. Like when you see that, when you go into in a website, HTTPS, I think that's based with security. And then you've seen like JavaScript, which I believe that's a coding language, if I'm not mistaken. And I'm not Googling nothing right now to confirm. So you got to Google it if you want to know, but no one, when I've never like with, with the internet, when the internet came out, you couldn't invest or own, Part of the system. Like you couldn't own JavaScript, but think about that. It's probably, I don't know how many websites are built on JavaScript, but if you would have came across JavaScript in the late 90s or early 90s, whenever it was created, I don't know the year, and someone was like, hey, you wanna own a piece of this? Like, hey, in the future, there's gonna be like hundreds or millions of websites, thousands, whatever it is, that are gonna be built on this coding, on this system, within this language. All right? So, that is see again this whole conversation is about contributor contributors versus consumers consumers will use javascript they will use https they will see it for 20 years and never once ask themselves what is this what like what the heck is javascript what is html like we will see these things and a consumer just doesn't care so again if you're a consumer This probably isn't the conversation for you. And I'm not judging you if you're a consumer. I'm just making it plain that this is for contributors, because in order to be a contributor, um, A, because, again, education is more more powerful than fear. So even if I don't like it, even if I hate cryptocurrency, I'm going to find more value in actually understanding it. So I can understand exactly what I don't like. And I'm not just going off my emotions or my feelings. And I'm like, no, I don't like that because A, B, and C. Or I'm concerned about that because A, B, and C. But here's the question I have for you. If you don't know what it is, how are you worried about it? (laughs) Just ah, man, I'm sorry. Uh, Just the things that happen in life. Let's keep it going. I remember my point. I was talking about systems. Ethereum came along. And there was eight or nine developers of Ethereum which was a layer one system um, that built smart contracts within the blockchain. And I'm not going to go deep into smart contracts. We might have to talk about that another time. But I will tell you this generally. If you think about a smart contract, so you think about if if you, uh, if you own a property and I'm your tenant, then we may have a contract. Um, but that contract, even if it's written on paper, let's say I owe you $500 of rent on the 5th of every month, okay? That's pretty cheap rent, I think, these days. But if I'm paying $500 in rent on the 5th of the month, I might call you on the 4th and say, man, my kids, or I can give you these excuses. And you can say, you know what? All right, cool, no problem. I'll give you three more days. I might even get away with not paying you or going away, whatever. What a smart contract does is allows you to implement all of these rules into something that's supposed to take place. So the smart contract would say, Hey, on the fifth of the month, if Jermaine is still living there, then he, it $500 will go from his account into this account because that's how the smart contract is programmed. And bam, when the fifth of the month comes and the contract, it don't matter if my kids or I got a sob story. It was a contract. It was a, an agreement that was in place. That's immutable. Irreversible, bam, we signed this smart contract. It happened. Okay, that's just a a really regular people way to try to get your mind wrapped around the possibility of what this is. Ethereum was created. Their native token is ETH on that system, ETH. So Ethereum as a layer one system, again, is, was something that has built out to be, um, so how can I say this? The Ethereum is a system. And then on that system is a token. And this is how cryptocurrency works really across a lot of them. Now, everything is in a system. Look at cryptocurrency as industries, just like regular businesses. You have different industries. You have the finance industry, the gaming industry, the sports industry. Not all of them are the same. But Ethereum is a layer one system. So think JavaScript or something like that, where this is a system on Web3, which is A decentralized version of the Internet that exists today um, that is continue to be built out. And there are different. Versions of definitions for Web3, which is why it's hard to explain some of this stuff, because we're living in the history of it. But Ethereum is a system that things are built on. So what do I mean? There are video games built on Ethereum. Um, There are right now like um, marketplaces where you can buy and sell digital items built on Ethereum. Think of Ethereum like iOS. So when you have an Apple smartphone, everything you do is on iOS. Think of that the same way with Android in um, contrary. So like in comparison, you have Android. That's a system. What's on that system? Apps. Um, video. uh, It's all these things. So think apps and systems. Ethereum is a system. And the, the things, the apps built on Ethereum are called dApps, decentralized apps. So works the same way like iOS, decentralized apps. They're different than normal apps because they're decentralized. We talked about e- decentralization earlier. What does this mean, Jermaine? What does it mean? Tell me. What does it mean? Hey, hey, hey. What does it mean? Hey, what? I'm sorry. How did I get here? Anyway, so are you following me? Ethereum is like iOS. And again, this is a regular people definition of it. So my tech expert people, don't don't do me like that. Don't do me like that. All right. So if Ethereum is a system. And then dapps are built on Ethereum. What does that mean? All right, let's let's make it real. So when you invest in ETH, if you were to invest in ETH, which I'm not telling you to do, what you would be doing is owning a portion of that layer 1 system. That that's that's basically what you're investing in. So think of like the stock market. If I buy shares of Apple, like when you buy ETH tokens, you own ETH. The price is volatile. It goes up and down. It fluctuates, right? So if it's, um, what's the price of ETH today? Like $4,300. If it's $4,300 today and you own one ETH, and in two weeks, if it was $8,000, then that one ETH is literally worth $8,000 now. Now, at the same time, if it's worth $2,000, then now you your $4,300 just went down to $2,000. But here's what makes ETH so unique. You can also use it as a token to buy and sell on the platform, the DAP. All right, make it make sense, Jermaine. Here's an example. I talked to you guys about the metaverse. This is where the metaverse is really a part of crypto. If we had a game, let's use a game like Candy Crush, okay? I don't play Candy Crush, but um, my wife plays sometimes. So If you take a game like Candy Crush, and I know at least there's something, there's some type of token she get when she's playing this game, all right? Now, let's imagine that instead of in the centralized world where the tokens are owned by the company, and if you pay money, real money, I don't know if you pay real money for Candy Crush or not, but imagine you do pay real money to get more features in the game, you don't own it. In the decentralized applications, When you're playing a game or you're doing anything on that system with that token, you actually own it. Now, what does this mean? It means that if I'm playing a game on Ethereum and the game pays out tokens or points or whatever, not point, but tokens like coins, that means that is also actually real life money like that has real value that I could then trade in or sell or swap is what it's called when you're swapping tokens. Again, this is a regular people example. This stuff I can get really deep into and probably start confusing myself the more I talk about it. But the idea here is not that you walk away today as an expert. The idea is that because you are a contributor, because you are a thinker and a doer and you don't want to just wait until this information is in the mainstream and just be a consumer of it, You want to understand what's coming. As a believer, I truly believe this as Christians. As Christians, I believe today we are way too reactive and we need to be proactive. We wait for the world to lead us in everything. They know what's coming before we do. So then we're stuck with being consumers when it comes out. And then we yell all this stuff like we're so scared of it or it's the end of the world and all that. And then what do we do? iPhone comes out and we stand in line for three hours for it. And we talk to Siri on our phone. That's... um. That's AI, artificial intelligence. We so scared of AI, but we talk to Siri all the time. I'm telling y'all right now, Siri been off on my phone. I never in my life, I don't talk to no phone. Like, I'm not doing it. I'm not talking to it. I'm not, I'm not saying it's right. Again, I'm not saying it's right or wrong. What I'm saying is that my point there was not that. My point was there are people that's like, you'll you'll be sitting here saying how crazy he is and all that. And it's like, you talk to a phone all day. You talk to artificial intelligence. They The phone is listening to you and learning you. That's the point of it. Like, my point is, like, education is more powerful than fear. Before you're fearful of something, you should be educated about it. So that's what we're doing today. We're just having a little bit of information and education for regular people so that you are not just a consumer, but you could be a contributor to society and figure out how do I want to use this or how do I not want to use it or what does it mean to me? What value do I see in it? Right. Again, as believers, we should know this stuff before the world does. And I know it's believers out there to know. It's believers out there. Some of y'all know way more than me. And you probably like, ah, you was wrong about this, this, and this. Okay, well, you ain't no regular person, so stop listening. I'm just joking. I appreciate the fact that you're listening to the show right now. All right, so let's keep it moving. So you got Layer 1 systems. You got a token. You got dApps. Now, what I'm not going to cover today is Layer 2 systems, ZK roll-ups. And there's a bunch of other things that are a part of cryptocurrency. But what I really want you to understand is that again, Web3, which is that third phase of the internet that I told you all about, we really went from informational to social and now it's going to be kind of like integrated with a lot of things. And again, there are some things to be concerned about for sure, but it's hard to be concerned if you don't know what it is. Um, so what else do I want to cover with y'all? Um, Let's, let's cover um, meme coins really quick. Um, and I'm again. This is a quick overview, high level overview. Um, there's so much more to get into here. I'm gonna have to do multiple episodes on cryptocurrency, the metaverse, and NFTs and beyond. So let me know for the the techie nerdy people out there if you want to know this stuff. Uh, shoot me questions. Email me Wilson music at gmail.com. Let me know how you feel about this episode. Let me know if you want to hear more or let me know if you hate it and absolutely don't want to inspire guys people to focus on this. But please do know, even if you hate it, all jokes aside, like it's not like this is the show now. I'm gonna just only talk about this. I got an interview right now with a CEO that I've been sitting on for a couple weeks because I didn't want to share it over the holidays. Um, on the holidays, sometimes you know there's a, a delay in. Sometimes the, the listens people with their family, so I want to make sure I release that show um, in a time where people were really listening, and that's probably going to be sometime this week. So look out for that. We got a really great interview um, coming in with Kristen Holt um, Holt, um, who's the CEO um, of Green, Green Path Financial, I believe it is. All right, so let's keep it moving. Meme coins. So let's talk about Dogecoin and let's talk about Shiba Inu because what will happen is again. Most people I talk to, they know what those are. Some people, most people I talk to have invested in those in some regard. And those are really like um in my opinion, the way I view them is they're like the modern pyramid scheme. Is how I see it. Now, again, that's just my take on it. It's deeper than that. Ultimately, meme coins are they were created as a joke. So Dogecoin was created as a joke at first. Um and again, there's some some coolness about this because People in community are giving things value in this decentralized world and not just a government, even though uh, the government is gone. That, they'll just think it's not going to be like this forever. They're going to they gonna get their they piece of the pie. Um, but ultimately, Dogecoin was created as a joke. But then so you get all these people, a, a huge community of people. I mean, there's Dogecoin's market cap is, I believe, $30 billion. So you're talking about $30 billion that people have, you know, invested into this. Um, what it's turned into now is just this very large community where people basically decide, hey, we're gonna invest in this, shoot the price up, and then you have things called like a rug pull, or you may have somebody who invested, you know, millions in it. That when they take their money, they like Elon Musk, he'll make a tweet, and then people will buy Dogecoin, and who knows, he might be the person once the price go up, pulling pulling his big chunk of money out and then the price goes down what's my point meme coins are just hype coins they 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 don't do anything they don't have value at all really however because cryptocurrency is happening in real time there is adoption even taking place across meme coins now there's probably hundreds or thousands of meme coin uh doge and shiba inu are the most popular But just understand when you're investing in a meme coin, it is a very volatile. It's even more volatile than the typical crypto market, which is volatile by nature. But a meme coin, what it means is you can make a whole lot of money, but you can lose a whole lot of money. And um, it's really hard to time that stuff. So, you know, that's not something I get into personally. But again, just so you have understanding. Now, Shiba Inu, um, which is kind of considered the Doge killer. Which just means that it exists uh, with the idea that we're going to be bigger than Doge. Well, they're also like, you know, 30 billion dollars or something. They're like, um, let's say if Doge is number nine or 10, they're number 11 or 12, something like that. Don't quote me. It changes from day to day. But that's around where they're ranked in all cryptos in the world. And they're at least like there are a couple thousand cryptos, I believe. So ultimately, what is my point with this? Shiba Inu. Um, they are saying that they do have plans to build a real platform for the future. Um, so that's plans. If you believe in that, you want to invest in it. Um, the thing don't even cost a penny yet. It may never make it to a penny based on the circulating supply, even though they claim they're going to be, uh, kind of burning some coins. That's what it's called when people, um, try to decrease, um, the supply of the total supply of the coins in circulation or the coins to be minted in the future. All right. So there was a lot said there. The point is, that's what meme coins are. So when you on the Internet and you see people talking about Doge or Shiba Inu and they say they made all this money, a lot of people have made a lot of money. But just know that if you invest in there because you're really investing in um, hype in a community now that is growing, that could be something in the future. Not my place to say whether or not it'll be successful, but just want you to understand Ethereum is a layer one system that has billions of dollars of transactions happening on it. Um, that is live right now. Um, Doge is just something that people said, let's, if all you and your friends got together and said, let's create something, that's what Doge is. All right. So in addition to that, here's where I think I want to end this at. Um, in addition to what we talked about, you can look at cryptocurrency as, Really tokenizing all industries. So what do I mean by that? When you went decentralizing all industries and tokenizing them. Now, the way cryptocurrency works is I gotta talk about it in terms you understand. What if every website you got on today had their own coin, right? So if I go to Nike.com and it was a Nike coin, Nike Bucks, and then I went to um but also what if I went to um DoorDash and I had to use Dashbooks like so whether it's the food industry or whether it's the the clothing industry the idea is that hey what if regular everyday people could almost invest in everything and so there are a lot of things being remade I'll give an example there's a music site being remade it's called Audius Um, but when you think about how we stream music today you stream the music, you have the middleman, like um, you know, um Apple Music, let's say, they take a huge cut, um, they charge a, a monthly subscription, and the people, the artists really get a small, next to nothing pennies on your song, right? That's a centralized operation in industry. In the decentralized world, okay, cool. I upload my music to audience, um and if you go on there and do something with my music, like, it goes to me. Or I can buy Audius coins. I can also own part of that. So, again, and I don't, I'm kind of speaking on something I don't know all the way about with Audius. I've been on Audius. I've used it. I have one song on there that I uploaded. A song that I never released before either, by the way. I have played it on this podcast in the past, though. Um, but my point is, like, there are, it's it's a decentralized way to look at the world. So a lot of things in cryptocurrency, you're going to look up one day. Please believe me when I tell you this. And this is why I'm talking about these things. You're going to look up one day and this whole new way of doing things, just like the Internet came out and smartphones came out. And when these inventions happen, just like electric cars are happening now, you look up one day and everything is electric. It's like, dang, when did that happen? Like, what happened? How, how am I, in ele- I? I said electric cars were stupid. Well, I'm at the uh, battery station, not the gas station. I'm at the battery station. My point is, I know that this stuff is going to happen. It's already happening. That's why, like, contributors always know what's happening before consumers. I want you to be a contributor. I want you to know what's happening in the world. And you don't have to be afraid of it. You need to be prayerful. You need to be seeking God about what to do with it. But education is more powerful than fear. So we're talking about these things so that you have visibility and an understanding about it. Cause you're gonna look up one day, and every site that you go on is gonna be decentralized, and you're gonna have everything's gonna be tokenized, and all and it already exists. I mean, there's so much more than I'm not talking about that literally billions to trillions of dollars are already in circulation in this industry. And so, you know. It's better to know now. You know, now what you want to do with this information, that's totally up to you. I'm not here to tell you what to do or what not to do, what to feel or what not to feel. But here's what I know, and I said it on the metaverse uh, episode Man, you're not going to tell me that some of y'all are not going to be in the metaverse. Some of y'all are not going to be listening to music on whatever platforms, or uh, some of y'all got avatars on your phone right now. And I'm saying y'all, but I mean us, it's everybody, right? My point is just take a deep breath. Pray about it. I'm also talking about this in advance so that you can be prayerful about it so that we could be seeking the Lord now about what to do now. There's a lot of evil that could be done with this stuff. No different than everything else in the world. But there's, there's just a bunch of evil. I mean, think like I robot, like who wants a robot? Like I don't mm-mm. No, I'm good. But I want to be knowledgeable about the world I live in. And I want to be a contributor. And um, just like the internet, right? The internet, there's a lot of evil on the internet. There's a lot of access that the internet provided. Listen, YouTube alone, like kids can just, I know they got YouTube kids or whatever, but when I look at my nieces and nephews and they on YouTube, they ain't always on YouTube, kids. On TikTok. Man, I look, the stuff that these kids and even adults have access to right now, I wouldn't have made it as no Christian, because I would have been typing in, Lord knows what, in my phone at 14 years old, unattended with a phone and 10 years old, like, I mean, I would have been out here messed up, so you gotta understand what's going on, you gotta be prayerful and watching over your kids and praying over them and things, but my point is that the internet gave access to a bunch of evil this is gonna give access to a bunch of evil evil evolves because with new technology um, comes new evil thoughts here, think about this in the Bible, the Tower of Babel the Tower of Babel is one of the most amazing stories to me because it shows this interesting dynamic of the power of unity and unifying, but also the evil in unity. It's like when men come together on one page, on the same page, they can do anything. They wanted to build a tower into heaven. And then God had to scramble up the language because there was so much evil in that unity. That, yes, there will be people that want to take over the world. There are people now who want to take over the world. Pinky and Brain want to take over the world. Like, like there's a lot going on in this world. And whether, whether cryptocurrency exists or not, people are going to be evil. That's like, if you go to prison, they don't, they don't have guns in prison, not the prisoners. So they make shanks and hurt people. Like, it's, it's a weird thing about how, how evil we are as human beings. Like, we don't need resources to be evil. Like you could kill somebody with a fork in prison. God forbid that happens. I'm sure it happens though. Because to a to an evil mind, even though a fork was created to as a as a utensil for eating, like to an evil mind, they see something else. So I just want you to understand that yes, evil people will see and utilize things in evil ways. That does not mean that something was created specifically for evil. It also doesn't mean that, hey, a fork has some reasonable uses like, okay, like it makes sense for me to. okay, a knife for a steak makes sense, but don't point that at me. You know what I'm saying? So, yes, I just want you to wrap your mind around this idea that. Hey, cryptocurrency is here already. Like people might say it's coming. It's here. I'm telling you, the more I study this stuff. The more I realize, oh, it's already here, and I don't just study, I use it, so I like when I say I use it, I go and adapts, I try to for me to be a contributor, I have to understand what's happening and see it and like understand what's here because I used to think cryptocurrency was just like, oh, what's that? It's currency or something that might be coming one day. It's like, oh no, it's here, buddy, it's here, buddy, it's not coming, it's here <laughs> and that's a that's the thing about a consumer. a consumer is a slow reactor to things. And a contributor is ahead of the curve. So hopefully this episode has helped you to become a contributor and hope you are more educated than fearful now. And again, I'm not buying or selling. I'm not telling you what to do or what not to do. But I would like to know what you think about this episode. Hit me up, Music at gmail.com. If you want to look for my information, please do look in the description of the show and read through there. You can find my music and a whole bunch of other things. Listen. This was cryptocurrency for regular people because you are not a dummy and neither am I. God bless y'all. Love y'all. Share this episode with somebody and everybody.